0: Hello and welcome to the We Will Fix It Show, a podaholics podcast with Colin from WeWillfixit.com. For the next hour, we're gonna be talking about fixing stuff. We had a wonderful conversation about ceramic tiles and a whole bunch more. You're gonna love it. It is really one of those conversations you sit down with a coffee or a tea and just enjoy. Let's get to it. This is Colin. <laughs> the We Will we Fix will It will Podcast. It. Colin is manning the the desk alone today. Yes, it's just me. People, be very scared. <laughs> so I I rock up at we will fix it today. And this place is literally. I, I thought there. I, I thought there was something being given away. I don't know what was going on. I mean, this. I rocked up right as the troops are yeah. getting getting their assignments. And heading out. I'd never been here at that hour. No, we
1: don't let people in normally, James. You were <laughs> an hour early.
0: People aren't supposed to see that. But it was, it is, fanta- it was fantastic, and, and the organization that was going on—you know, it, it was it was organized chaos. But yeah. you know, everyone was lined up. They were doing their things. They were talking. They were having some fun. They were getting their ice. They were getting their assignments. They were having a conversation. Changes were being made. Questions were being asked, and. Everyone just was smiling and happy and they were getting on with it. It is the
1: oddest time because in effect We've got half an hour between 8 o'clock and 830 where one of the things we've always done since day one is um, That there was a briefing that happens on every single job that we do uh, between the bookings team and the technicians And the reason for that is is simple which is um, How can you not have a really effective segue to the person who's spoken to the customer already? And the person who actually is doing that
0: job and so the so the bookings team is taking taken the notes they've gone through the conversation yes the, the queries the questions the comments because i actually heard one of the bookings teams pr- people talking to the guys who are going to go fix something asking you know going through just in and i just caught this you know the in-betweens yeah. of it but saying oh don't forget they're concerned about this they're concerned about that and i saw then the guys who were going to go do the repairs grabbing some extra stuff saying yes. yeah okay we'll go grab these just in case we need it
1: yeah but if you imagine it's 120 jobs odd a day and every single job has to work that way because really our worst you know our our whole tagline is one call one visit job done yeah well if that that conversation doesn't happen and is treated effectively then at that point it's
0: uh, one call two visits three visits four visits which is what everyone's used to i mean that's what you know come and spec out the job then go back then come back and then come back and fix the job that wasn't done quite right and then
1: when you think as a customer there's nothing more irritating and you've finally taken the time off work uh, in many instances to get the the, uh, the job done. The yeah. people turn up and they can't do the job. I mean,
0: it's just ridiculous, isn't How it? How many times does that happen? Well, that's why you got into the business because yeah. you were doing the same thing. It was exactly <laughs> it. It's
1: exactly it.
0: And um, you know, it's I, been I, I can't figure out now where now that process. mentality comes from. That idea that well, you know, we'll we'll get it done eventually. Maybe it's because it's not expensive. Maybe it's because it's just the way it's always been. I don't it, know. It's. A, I mean, we started in two
1: thousand eight. That was exactly it. Mm. So that was the way it had always been done, yeah. and um, for us, that was kind of the um, the real core idea of what we were going to do
0: differently. What so th- imagine we just turned up and did the <laughs> job? I mean, it's not it's not <laughs> rocket science, is it? <laughs> when when you and when you and Dan got into this, and I know we've spoken about this before, mm. when, but. Did, was it was it a big leap? Did you you know you, you were ready to move on from both of your other jobs? But you no. guys both had great jobs. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I mentioned um, previously
1: on Dubai. That I was at um, PlayStation. Dan was a yeah. recruitment consultant. Yeah, um, and we both. You guys were set. You couldn't yeah, just yeah, keep yeah. going on. And I loved my job. I absolutely yeah. loved it. You know, how many people wouldn't, wouldn't enjoy being involved with PlayStation and um, and selling games? It was fantastic. I loved every single day. You still play your
0: PlayStation? So. Now? I don't get the
1: time you know two small
0: kids
1: (laughs) and daddy is sat playing Playstation it's difficult it is it is you know also our kids wake up really early and to do that kind of day we actually go to sleep ridiculously early as well so that traditional time that parents get which is kind of the 8 o'clock onwards when the kids have gone to sleep is just not that feasible Um, but saying that I'm still really close to all the Playstation team here really yeah that's 10 years on well the crazy thing is um, when I I came out here it was just uh, in effect two of us that came from London to, to do everything, and then um, when we left, um, the next team that came out was the guys I've been working with in London. Yeah. So it's um, it's <laughs> wonderful now. So really, loads of um, loads of really good memories with those guys. And yeah. so I bob in whenever I can, and we do a bit of work together as well, actually, um, with promos with um, okay. with schools, for instance, um, that we we work together on. Um, but a wonderful brand and um, and fantastic to work with. But the whole idea really was, I could imagine. 20 years after that point and been sat there very, very happily doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I just kind of felt as though we need to shake things up a bit in, in my life. Yeah. And it was, it was a really odd period because in the space of three weeks, I, um, I'd finished work at PlayStation. Interestingly enough, I then contracted yeah. myself back to PlayStation to finish off TV's, <laughs> which was the oddest situation <laughs> ever, and then met my, well, now wife. Yeah. Um, so I was a great catch at that time, unemployed, just uh, <laughs> thrown uh, away a, a very nice job and had this crazy idea for a maintenance company. And, yeah. um, Dan was in a very similar situation. Apart from he had a brain. So he waited <laughs> for kind of the first two or three months, and he, okay. bless him, he was working every hour that God sends, because he was doing um, his his full work day, yeah. and then um, at seven o'clock he would meet me at the dining table, and um, we would carry on, I'd, I'd update on where I got to during the day, and then we'd go and research in the evening, so it was for us it was things like we'd be stood outside spinneys and choitrums and carrying people shopping, and um, and asking them questions about maintenance at the same time. And Doing a little market research. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, one of the things that came out of that was that simple concept, which yeah. was, why is it that when people turn up to do a job, they then can't do it? Yeah. And it was that where that nugget came from. So, you talk about when you, you're you at business school, you talk about that that um, the, the core angle of being customer focused and understanding yeah. what people actually want. And believe it or not, the way we set up um, uh, the company in those days was totally factored to that. So what do people actually want here? What's different? So what they were telling us at that time was, we want people that are, A, going to turn up on time, secondly, do the job, thirdly, clean up after themselves. That's and a big
0: one, isn't it? The, yeah. the
1: whole cleanup side. How basic is that? <laughs> you know? Can you imagine <laughs> going to somebody's house, drilling a whole bunch of holes yeah. and then leaving it all over the floor? It's yeah. horrific. And, and that is
0: the way, till this day, that I many know. operations operate yeah. in like, They figure, well, you've got a maid. You've got a cleaning crew at your house. They'll do it. Yeah, but how wrong is that? Every time someone would come to my place and do that, I'd say, hold on a second, guys. I'm the cleanup crew. (laughs) So here's the the broom and here's the mop and here's some rags. And and I'm thinking, well, why haven't you guys brought all this stuff? It's part of our standard training. Mm -hmm. So the the deal with our guys is
1: if for any reason um, that property isn't cleaner when you leave than when you arrive, then you haven't done your job. And that's not cool. So... Um, it's really been a key facet of what we do. Um, I guess the final one is warranty. Oh. So people need to trust you. Yeah. If you're just coming to the house for now, how do people trust you? Well, they know that if for any reason anything goes wrong, we'll be straight back there. Mm. Um, but again, making our guys clear that they need to test every repair that they do and explain it to a customer.
0: Yeah.
1: And we've got the most wonderful trainer. That we use. He comes, actually, he's only just been in. He just did um, two days with our guys. He is the biggest bargain that I know. His main client here um, is Audi. Okay. Um, And their customer service is wonderful throughout the region. And um, he's one of our earliest customers as well. So from the So, what's, so what, is, what does he
0: do with your with your your team? So we basically
1: we sit we sit down. And we, we, there's a big long planning process that goes in because we've been tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. And one of the lovely things is we tend to retain our staff really well. So we've got which is cars. huge. Yes, yeah, really market. important. So it means that he's actually um, he's building on the work that he's done he's done before. So um, as a result of that, I think this one was very much focused on um, the communication with the customer, um, taking them through what's been ah, done, okay. and also feedback. Feedback yeah. these days. You, you know how many, um, how many emails you receive when you purchase something that drives yes. you up the wall. Well, instead of that process, the online process that takes extra time from people, what about at the stage when you're giving them an invoice, you're asking them for money? Why not at that stage look for that feedback? So that yeah. okay, what what could we do to make this better? Some people will like to 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 put that verbally out. Yeah. So our guys have been told, look, we want that information. So there's things you could have improved on. Well, we're, we're not going to be negative about that. We just want to improve. Yeah, yeah. So getting them to understand that this isn't a blame mentality. This is a um, a method by which we can all improve. Right, and we hugely support that has been has been magical. Um, and then and do the guys take it on? easily i mean it's, it's no, no. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a really long process you know I, I guess we've been we've been banging on about that now for, yeah. for a couple of years um but providing other avenues for people to feedback to us has been sure, critical sure. And, and now oh god there's there's well, in all nine that, different ways that they can get hold of us and you know we yeah. have a um uh, an email address gm at uh, we will fix for anyone listening um which is there for anybody that instead of actually wanting to chat to the boys want to talk to our general manager and um, he's there. I'm available constantly on um, on Facebook. I have a standard thing, which is on um, our uh, We Will Fix It To Buy page. Anybody that's got any queries whatsoever uh, can send me a, um, a messenger uh, message. And um, we get past them direct. Which is awesome. I think it, it should be the norm now. But again. But
0: so many places and so many organizations, there's so many barriers to yeah. actually reaching people. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, but again, we, we each have a different role here. We have um,
1: a, a wonderful chat function, so people can talk directly to our British bookings team mm. um, live um, through through our website at any time. Um, again, we're just implementing, actually, a business WhatsApp um, okay. uh, package so that people can WhatsApp us now and get
0: the, that Which detail through. So many, that, that is really becoming the way to communicate, isn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, it is. But then WhatsApp's been, it, they've developed really well in just the last six months. So our big problem was, okay, well... It's lovely getting that message in, but how do we get that integrated so that that way it's not just one message that's lost, yeah. but instead we can get it into our system so that, that way we can track it and we know what's going to happen in, in that whole process after that first communication. So now we have this um, uh, quite a dramatic booking system, to say the least, <laughs> um, which is designed to basically pull from every media channel that we need to, to keep all well, that information yeah, that's in pretty place. tough
0: because you, you mentioned Facebook. You've got your email stuff. Yep. Instagram is there Instagram. as well um and wow. uh,
1: yeah i mean it's the idea is wh- whichever communication routes our customers are most comfortable with um they're able to uh, to contact us and this actually came out of the most ridiculous situation which i never realized but an amazing insight um in my son's class at school um there are we have a number of customers that are the parents of the other kids okay and um there is the most wonderful German lady there, um, who, unfortunately, she's just left uh, left Dubai, but um, over a coffee at school one day, she said, you know what, I absolutely love your guys. They're, they're really, really knowledgeable. The job goes uh, really well every time. But do you know, it takes me 45 minutes to find the technical words in the dictionary that I need in English ah. to be able to make the phone call. And I get really scared about that phone call because I'm worried that I'm not going to know the words that I need to describe it. Okay. So you're like, okay, so we've because we've got this fluent English, and well, some yeah. Irish as well, to be fair, um, bookings team, which we thought was such a major benefit to anybody calling, it turns out that actually, in some instances, that can be more difficult. Hmm. So we then had the conversation, well, how would you like to be able to communicate? And what it came down to was there was a mixture of okay well let's imagine um it was on chat and she's like oh i still have the problem with the words and she said okay well what about uh, whatsapp and at that time we didn't have the functionality available through whatsapp to integrate everything in but the wonderful thing is it's moving so quickly now technology um, that we're at the stage now where we really can do that integration. And so it, it's wonderful. There are so many people here. We, we sometimes forget that um, for many people, English isn't their first language. Yeah, exactly, And to be able to cater for them as well in a more comfortable
0: environment is really key for us and that's something we're working on very hard. There's something last week I got a tour around your shop which was kind of fun and uh, stumbled onto your water purification area. Ah yes. What's <laughs> going on with all that? And 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 Dan was saying this has been one of your pet projects yeah. and you 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 know you've learned a lot online, you've learned a lot through practice trial yeah. and error. Yeah. Uh, walk me through what what's going on here. Okay. So um
1: basically in the UK there's a big push for um, especially from window cleaning to uh, to move away from the traditional chemicals which are harmful for the yeah. environment and um go to a pure water setup um to clean windows um to get so the normal water that comes from our dewa taps is anywhere between 130 and probably 2 200 parts per million of impurity. Mm-hmm. Now when we say impurity everybody thinks oh that's absolutely awful what, what what is this that I'm drinking. But the actual truth of it is it's probably things just like minerals um yeah. the, that are in there it's perfectly safe water as we okay.
0: all know and this is this is pretty common globally when you oh, absolutely everyone's yeah, water system, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you actually do not want to be drinking pure water okay? right but the the process that we have is designed to create pure water because pure water is really uncomfortable <laughs> okay <laughs> what it basically what do you is, mean it's it really like, uncomfortable it, it doesn't like staying in that state okay it, it, it works almost like a, a dirt magnet uh-huh. where it's looking to find dirt. So you don't
0: want to drink this pure water? Oh, no.
1: No, it'll pull all, all of those minerals and everything that, that, that works really okay. well in your body. Um, it will pull it out of your body and oh, into the good. water that's there. So the last thing you want to be doing is drinking that. Um and basically, the process that um, that we uh, we kind of created was a mixture. It's a hybrid of some technology that came from the UK, and a lot of reading that that, that, that I'd done as well to create a system where um, not only is it almost like an on-demand system where um, it will refill as it's used, so we we almost have an endless supply, uh, which works really well. Um, But we can take from whatever water supply we have and take it right the way down to zero parts per million, which is totally pure water. So when it actually hits the window, interestingly enough, we then have a mobile unit in all the vans, which not only has the water, but also has the the final stage, we call it polishing, um, which is in case we've got a bit of impurity back in there along the way. Um, Just before it hits the window, we throw it through another purification process so that it is absolutely pure when it hits that window. Wow. Yeah. Uh, From our perspective, the reason we really like it is A, the environmental side, uh, which is massive here in Dubai, especially uh, with a lot of the developers are huge on not wanting to get uh, contamination into their water supplies. Um, mm. In fact, here's the case that people don't <laughs> think about on that. Um, again, I live in the Arabian ranches, and um, <coughs> there there's been a big push um, to uh, to stop car cleaning. And everybody thinks, oh, you know, why is all this? It's not fair, blah-de-blah. But the reason is the um, the lakes that they have there have had huge problems with the amount of algae growth. Oh, with the sulfides and exactly. Stuff. That's ah. come from all of this. Um, so we go in and uh, we're cleaning, cleaning all these windows with absolutely pure water. So there is nothing that is going into the um, uh, the water that is uh, is dodgy in any degree. Mm. So that's wonderful. From our side of things, we can wash a water, uh, wash a window rather with our water. And um, from there, you can leave it wet and there will be no marks. So the marks you get on the window when yeah, it dries. Little, yeah, 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 that's the impurity. Okay. So because ours ours are pure, when um, uh, once we clean the window, we can just let it dry naturally and it Very will come neat. out
0: absolutely sparkly. You gonna you gonna since you built this whole system, is this something that you can patent or put together and outsource and start <coughs> selling some of these around? It, it's been done. It's, okay. it's been done in a lot of different places. Um,
1: I think I've probably made the process a little bit more convoluted than it needed to be just <laughs> for fun. You know, <laughs> it's huge. I mean, well, not huge. It doesn't have a big footprint, but there's a lot of. Pieces in there. There's yeah. It's an eleven-stage process, and um, on top of that, we're, at any time we're storing anything up to two thousand gallons of um, pure water. Uh-huh. Um, so, and actually, within the within the whole setup is three and a half thousand gallons of water. So, it's it's it is a hell of a setup. Yeah. Um, and in all truth, did we really need something like that? Probably not. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have the pet project, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's all. You know, one of the things that that Dan has especially been good with me is when when there is something like that that comes up, um, he's all for it, you know, and we kind of see where it takes us. And sometimes I'd say nine times out of 10, it's an absolute dead in the water, no use to us ever, Um, but probably
0: (laughs) one in 10, we come up with something quite special, which is good one of the things uh, you'd posted up some photos of not so long ago was some recycled pallets yes. that you admit that you, you I mean we were talking about this a year ago. Yeah, we were, long and time you, were year, you were starting to do stuff with that, but yeah. between yourself and and Simon over on 92, yes you guys have gone crazy with yeah. making pallet furniture, pallet bars, pallet everything.
1: And, yeah. It's a really fascinating, I, it, it was our conversations on Dubai back in the day that really started me off. And, um, I uh, it, it it kind of mushroomed quite dramatically. So there's there's lots of pallet furniture around, as everybody yeah. knows. Um, I wanted to do something that was a little bit um, kind of a stage beyond that. Which was do like mean okay. a
0: stage beyond? Uh,
1: well, traditionally, you you get a bunch of pallets, you put them in a the configuration, and, and all
0: pallets are not the same. This is the other oh one. no, 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 absolutely not.
1: There is some absolute garbage
0: out there. So, so I how do, you, how do you find the pallets? Are you getting new ones? Are you getting literally old ones that have been? Cast away. And uh, mine
1: were single-use pallets, okay. uh, closed board single-use pallet. So what that means is a traditional pallet has big gaps between the panels yeah. on the top. Yeah. Um, well, for what I needed, I really wanted um, wider boards and closer as well. Um, is it better quality wood on the the closed single-use pallets? Mm, uh? no. um, not really, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not really. But I wanted rather than just um, repurpose, which is um, let's let's put them all together in a different configuration and paint yeah. it. Um, I was much more interested in um, in stripping the uh, the pallets entirely and using the components to build ah, something new. Okay. So um, the idea came, my brother-in-law, bless him, has um, just built the most fantastic bar and um, he's got this enormous thatched pergola over the top of it in the villa. And um I couldn't really go with that solution because I've already got
0: in my garden a got a um, container, right? yeah,
1: yeah. I got a container that um, that was a project from four years ago now. I think. Um, still, ha-
0: you still have. We're we're talking about the the palace, but are you still happy with the container? Would you do it? Yeah, the do container it again? is
1: great. Yeah, I would. I want. I'd do it slightly. In fact, I might be. Um, I might be doing. A little bit of an extension on that. Let's hope the wife isn't listening, um, because the way that the way that I built that originally was um, so it's a, the base from a pallet, okay. and then um, the corners and the roof are all the elements that you use for a container okay. um, when you're building one, but were individually built for my um, my design because I wanted it, A, to be higher, and secondly, I wanted everything to fit through a gate that was 90 centimetres wide okay. rather than having to crane it in. Mm-hmm. So in effect, we um, everything is screwed together so I can take the whole thing down and move it if I need to. Um, and secondly, because it is higher, you don't get kind of the same claustrophobic nature that you would do at the standard height of, um, of, a, uh, of a pallet. So it's about uh, 60 centimetres higher okay. than normal. Um, but the only issue is that footprint, the width of a, p- of a container is just slightly 6 foot 6. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty. So yeah, they're a little bit tight. So... Previously, I'd had garden furniture in there, and it just didn't flow. You know, mm. you kind of struggled once you've got um, uh, the the sofas in there and whatever. There just wasn't quite enough space. So um, I wanted to convert that to a bar um, a bar concept, but I wanted like a high table that could still seat ah, okay. eight people. Yeah, um, and uh, was still um, if you can imagine. The nice thing about a bar table is they're traditionally a little bit narrower yeah. than a dining table. Um, and when I kind of looked at the uh, the pallets and the kind of height that we were working with, I actually used my, my kitchen. Um, we've got a kitchen bar table. For, okay. a, uh, for the height, yeah. it turns out it's exactly pallet height. So I was like, oh okay, so we can use I can use pallets pretty much as they are. With um, actually not as they are, it was a hell of a lot of work. Because um, <laughs> you, you said
0: you stripped them all down.
1: Well, yeah. So what I did was I actually did use, um, there was 14 pallets in my in my bar. So uh, there are one, two, three, four in effect that are uh, substructure that weren't stripped. Okay. So um, they were still, every single nail you have to basically put below the surface before you plane it and then oh, sand yeah. it and fill it. And um, so that was, I mean, just to get to that stage was probably, I don't know, four or five weeks, I guess. Um And then once that was done, I then stripped the final ten pallets into the components. And then across the top, actually, I used um, an exterior MDF to give it a little bit of structure over the oh, top, okay. and then I fish boned all of the um, all the top section so that that way wow, it was. That's, um, that's a lot of work. It was a lot of work, but I really enjoyed it. And my little three year old, as she was then, now four, uh, was determined to help, which is just the most <laughs> lovely thing, you know. A project you can do with your daughter, is something incredible. Uh, we talked about that at the time, yeah. didn't we? Yeah,
0: we yeah. Did. How, how do you deal with well, again when you're looking at pallets? As you said, mm. the, the wood can be pretty dodgy. It's you know yeah. soft wood. It's yeah. it's cedars and stuff yes. like that if if that pine yeah a lot of pine yeah that stuff warps and it's got a lot of you know splinters yes. and all sorts of things yeah
1: so for that um i i had quite a standard process which was uh first of all uh knock uh, knock down all the uh, the nails within it um secondly this is for a, a complete palette at that point i would then oh you know i did that on i'm thinking about it i'd then plane um, mm-hmm. after that uh, random ord- orbital sander um, as rough as you can get it because this wood really is quite quite nasty at this stage yeah. and then work your way down the grit so I was starting on literally like a 36 grit which is uh, as aggressive as you can get yeah. and then finishing up with like a hundred grit to um, uh, before
0: well that's um, a mistake a lot of people make isn't it they yeah. go from they go from uh, one grit right down to the finest they can get without Gradually going yeah. through four or five different stages yeah, of it. Exactly. Speed well, versus quality. Yeah. Well, I I think I went through three
1: uh, three different grades. And the lovely thing with a random orbital is, um, if you go somewhere like Speedex, um, the it only costs a dirham for each of those sanding um, uh, something. It's wild, sandbox. isn't it? Yeah. It's it, it's it's great. So I bought those in bulk. I think I got through something yeah. like forty or fifty um, uh, to do the whole thing. And then I would strip after I'd sanded. So the, um, the pallet was already, all of the planks were pretty much ready to go before I then split mm. it. And splitting in itself is an art form, um, which takes... What do you mean when,
0: when you split it?
1: So when you're, if you imagine a pallet as it comes, yeah. you've got all of the elements that are nailed together. Yeah, yeah. But trying to get those off with the least oh, amount of damage yeah. is really difficult. They're not made to come apart. No, they're not. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> most people
1: use a crowbar. Um, yeah, well, that's what I would use. Yeah, but the problem is that, that cracks the wood really badly. Um, so, so what did you do? I looked online at this crazy of method. Of course, you looked online. <laughs> yeah, YouTube did. <it. laughs> and there was a crazy method this guy had, which was using just two house bricks. What? So, all you do is literally use your own weight and two house bricks. Put the, um, put the two bricks on end, yeah. at either side of the plank that you want, and then basically jump on any other element of the pallet to be able to knock it off. And it works so well. I'm now at like 95% wow. uh, success rate on that. And then all the nails need to come out, yeah. take those out, and um, and away you go. But, wow, um, that I've makes it pretty it, easy. Got it down to a fine art now. <laughs> I, can, I can literally strip a pallet in under 10 minutes now. Wow. So um, but you have to be a little bit careful. The health and safety is a little bit sketchy at the best of times. Um, but... Uh, No, it works really
0: well. Then you you put the MDF on top, like prime these things and and all that. So
1: MDF first, and then um, after that, fish bones um, uh, all the panels all the way down. Um, And then the process that I went through was, yeah, as you mentioned, so a sealer, sealer primer initially. Um, But, oh, actually, no, I didn't do that in the end. That was my plan. And then I changed (laughs) it. Right. What I actually used was a pickling stain. Oh, what? Because what? Um, a pickling stain? A pickling stain. I have no idea what that is. Right. Basically, what a pickling stain is, is like a, a semi-translucent stain, um, which still shows you some of the grain of the wood that's underneath. Uh, uh, uh. But so you don't want to
0: see the grain of wood of pallets, do you? Oh, well, well, I guess once you clean them all up, they're exactly,
1: beautiful. Exactly. Once you clean them all up, they are. They're really nice. And, um, and also, I didn't want to hide the origins of this. I wanted to celebrate
0: it so really yeah most people want to hide it they paint them yeah. white they paint them brown they try to but in which case buy yourself a cheap wooden table <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you got a point
1: so really where where i was going from was i, I wanted to um, kind of celebrate the humble origins of, of what i was building and try and elevate yeah. it to to a much grander level um and um i've really enjoyed it it's been utterly fantastic so the pickling stone went on um after that i then used um Two coats of um, an exterior grade satin varnish, oh. um, which gives on top
0: of the pickling stain. On top of the pickling stain, which does, does that go together well? Yes, okay. it goes together beautifully. They meet. It, it's mating, right? Yeah, they meet.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, at, at, at that point, you end up with this, this incredible depth of colour because the stain is absorbed at different um, oh, uh, amounts okay. depending on what it's hitting, whether it's a knot, wood, or you know, there's little bits of repainted yeah. um, that's there as well. Um, and, you know, you talked also about the fact that the, um, the wood likes to warp, and it does. Yeah. But again, celebrate it, you know. It's all part of what you're creating, which is something that is, you know, the traditions of shabby chic are, are massive. <laughs> and it's, it's a really <laughs> rubbish term, isn't it? It is. Um, but at the same time, what I love about that shabby chic idea is it's something that you're creating yourself. Mm. and um you know i've got to say the, f- uh, the first event that um, that i did with it was my, uh, both my daughter's and my mother-in-law's birthday party Ooh, with okay. eight of us around it and um i got i just got some high bar stools from uh, from Drachemart that were under 100 dirhams each they're uh-huh. beautiful they're, they're absolutely stunning and um it's been just a raging success i've really really enjoyed it i'm so glad we've got it and it works so much better with the width of the um the container it works so much better than the um uh, the the
0: furniture ever did do do you think when you when you think back over the years and think of of your engagement with diy do you you think people have sort of lost that that idea of tinkering a little bit and making some of their own stuff and you know i, I know it, it kind of goes counterintuitive because you know we will fix it that's what you do you yeah. come in and you do the repairs and and things not necessarily making pallet furniture for people no, but no, definitely not but, not do, but generally folks do, do you think that they've just given up this i want to you know make some pallet furniture or i'm gonna you know play around with you know putting in some you know Putting in a, a container in the back and, and building that and mm. making some errors and learning along the way.
1: I think it's that um, the, the traditional tinkering yeah. has disappeared to a degree. Um, it's, it's a really odd one. But then I also, I also look at um, the commitments that people have these days and mm. the way that we live is very different from the 30, 40 years ago than our parents did. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, but you said a great thing that you were able to do a lot of this with your daughter. Yeah. And so suddenly she's learning some vital skills that yes. are going to make any guy yeah. weep when she says, well, how come we're not using an orbital center when we're doing this? And he's go, what are you talking about? Yeah as well and, and here's how you use that <laughs> but you
1: i then look back to the generations and i was there for every project my dad ever did and my yeah. dad was ridiculously hands-on and um he he did um his projects with my great uncle who was a mechanical engineer and uh, had his own lathes and all this kind of stuff and so we've got a real kind of history there yeah. that, that, that goes through the families, and without a doubt I'm gonna continue doing that with my kids. But I don't think anymore, you know, going back to your question, I don't think that's that's kind of the the done thing and normal anymore. Yeah. And I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. It's just are people you? are really busy now. Mm. You know, and um,
0: I think you have to I wonder you know, if we're busy with the wrong things though, for attaching too much importance <laughs> to some things and and others not.
1: But I think maybe it's just different things, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I then look it's at a different the, world though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, I'm I'm, I'm lucky the most. Um, I have uh, these days, I've, I've got a little bit more downtime than your average person would. So I get to do these projects and I've then got more time for taking my kids to, um, you know, the skate park or, or whatever yeah. it is. But most people in Dubai are working long hours during the week. Yeah. And I've got two days and often commitments of those school parties or, or whatever else it is. So. The available time isn't what it used to be, um, to to want to spend your time on these projects, and that's almost where where we will fix it comes in. Yeah. So w- we can help with just getting things fixed. That people need, um, rather than it having to be this this enormous weekend project, um, yeah. when they want to be spending time with their kids or doing uh, doing their kids' parties or whatever else that they want to do.
0: I had one uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I said, "You guys got me to call. We will fix it." Uh, we're, we're someone. We were at their villa, and they said, "Hey, come and take a look at this." And at the in the the hallway between their master bedroom and their washroom, the paint was kind of bubbling yeah. close to the floor. Yes as you would enter that hallway. Yeah. And I went, "Oh, that does uh You got water somewhere." Yes. It almost always um everybody thinks the
1: worst-case scenario in, in 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 that um circumstance um which is I've got a um, a pipe in the wall that is is leaking and this is going to be a complete nightmare. 9 times out of 10, that's not the case. Normally what it is is the seal around the bath has failed mm. um and um as a result, the water, because most of the properties here are constructed um, of uh, solid concrete on a floor level, even yeah. um, even when you move up from ground level, um, the water flows along um, the slab and then finds almost like a sponge in effect, which is the wall, to be able to come back up again. So the oddest thing that, that we found over the years is it's not always just the other side of where you're seeing the, um, mm. the effervescence. Um, where the issue will be quite often, it's it's nine ten feet away, where in a place you'd never even have thought um, to fix. It is a bit of a nightmare fix though that one because um, it's so slow. Yeah. So. Um, in effect, do you remember actually when Kevin, um, Kevin who's our operations manager here, um, came on to yes. a Dubai Eye?
0: I do remember. Right. Well, he, if you remember, he went through the process of how to seal a bath at
1: that stage.
0: And, and I remember the the sage advice he gave, make sure you fill the bathtub exactly. with water.
1: Yeah, fill the bathtub with water. whatever
0: whoever thinks of that. Well, even more nuts. I didn't know until that day <laughs> that that was
1: the way you're supposed to do it. But it's genius because in effect, the um, you have some flex within yeah. uh, silicon when you're sealing. Um, however the time when it is going to fail is when you are physically in the bath with the amount of water that comes with you and water so therefore your midpoint is water alone So again, just so that people are clear on that one, this uh, that little bit of advice is: um, so uh, if you do have leaks on your uh, on your walls or you you can see that there's effervescence there, um, have a good look first of all at the silicone that's around your bath. Quite often you can't even see it, but if it hasn't been done for over kind of a year and a half, two years, uh, um, you can uh, remove all of the old silicone. Fill the bathtub with water, and Uh then at that point, reseal around it. Leave it for 24 hours as a minimum before using that again. okay. I think Um, people
0: don't realize that as well, that you've got to let it cure. cure. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. So 24 hours um, to let that cure, and um, away you go.
0: Tiles, it's it's fitting around the same thing. Floor tiles, we have a lot of floor tiles in our homes here in Emirates. Yes, Well, we—I've just had—we don't—we
1: don't do tiling because the reason is it's just not economic. It takes so long that when you say to somebody, "Oh, yes, I can happily retile that for you," and it's going to cost you two and a half thousand for the privilege, and that's labour before you even get um, onto—it's—it's a huge job. I mean, that and that is a skill. Yeah, it is a skill, and you know, there's some there's—it's really hit and miss if I'm honest. But there are some really good (laughs) tilers there that (laughs) are under that kind of labourer banner.
0: Yeah, Um, the good ones are hard to find.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, it as it turns out. So, I had the most ridiculous um, tsunami of uh, coincidences oh no. Uh-oh. that Uh-oh. happened in the last week and a half.
0: Fire away. I'm, I'm so looking forward to this. My mother in law, Marilyn,
1: uh, has been saying uh, only recently told us that a hip was hurting. Uh huh. Um, and Uh-oh. we kind of knew how long
0: has it been hurting, though? Two years, right? bless her oh, she's okay. one of these stoic ladies so she's been suffering through the pain yes for two exactly years.
1: yeah and we knew it wasn't great but we didn't know that it was the, uh, the level that it was so we had um finally a week last wednesday um we'd done a whole bunch of research we found the guy that we really wanted to go and see got the appointment absolutely wonderful so i went to see him on the wednesday and um my wife and mother-in-law came out and said this guy is just incredible Absolutely incredible. And my wife is the most cynical lady you've ever met. So when she said that, I'm <laughs> like, my goodness, we really are onto something here. So then the one problem was he was emigrating back to Canada oh no. the following Tuesday. So oh we're no. less than a week off. So we're like, oh, oh, God, no, this is an absolute disaster. And he said, yeah, but I've just had a cancellation for tomorrow. you got to love the Emirates, right? <laughs> it is just nuts, isn't it? So basically they did the scans, and yes, uh-huh. she needs a hip replacement. Absolutely nightmare so um so we were like okay come on nana let's just do it let's get this done yeah and um interestingly enough it cancelled out the next day but we finally got it done he was leaving on the tuesday we finally got it done on the sunday but um uh so for marilyn we she needed to move in with us for a while okay now the one downstairs um, bedroom that we've got in our place has been um, converted over to a, uh, a play area for the kids which is pretty normal but I haven't even been in the bathroom in three odd, three years or so so as soon as I heard this I ran in there and the tiles were, were, were so far off the wall you would not believe I was just like how have these not fallen off and smashed yeah. Yeah. so luckily it's the cooler period and you know we've there's a little bit of availability around the bounce so I ran carefully I so said, Kev, you're going to hate this one. This one's really bad. Um, I need a team that can do tiling. We don't do tiling, boss. Yeah, i like, yeah, I know we don't do tiling, Kev. I still need this, okay? Um, so I need a team that's going to come, pull the tiles off, and um, and then I need a complete replacement, re and by the way, you've got 24 hours to get the whole thing done. One entire wall. Oh, and then, by the way, Kev, I've just looked around, and the other wall has got another eight tiles that are coming off. So Kev, Kev's like, oh, God, here we go. He's done this to me that many times. Really, one more time, is this going to work? So he sent over this, um, this team of ours that, uh, again, we aren't specialist Tyler's in any yeah. shape or form. But and I, I think
0: that's, and just to interrupt, and we'll get back to the Tyler. Hmm. but I think that's what I absolutely love about you guys is you do what you do really well, and what you don't do, you don't do. And we, yeah. you, you recommend and say, hey, this is not our field, but here's this, that, or the other person that might be able to help you.
1: Isn't that the oddest thing? Because in Dubai, the tradition is, oh, yes, sir, we can do that for you. We can do that. And then they do a terrible job. Yeah. And then um, First time they've ever done it. Yeah, absolutely. And they I saw it that. done
0: once. Yeah.
1: But um, again, that started in 2008. We were adamant that anything that we would take on, we'd do well. And there were a few errors in the early days, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. But we're, we're really clear now what we do do and what we don't do. And we've got a whole bunch of specialists that um, that we've come up with. Um, uh, with um, over the years, um, who we will happily recommend. Yeah. Okay, and, so tell me about the tiles. So, Kevin, right.
0: Kevin, you got the team came in. So,
1: team came in day one. Um, so, I reckoned it was about twelve to fourteen tiles. Day one, they started. I mean, I tapped on the tiles and I'm like, "Oh, those ones are a little bit, a little bit odd." Yeah, but uh, I think we'll get away with it. Anyway, the phone call came in. They've taken seventy tiles off the wall. Seven zero. Seven zero. I quoted fourteen right
0: yeah uh, so it's like almost your entire bathroom
1: it was it was the one full wall um on the shower cubicle okay. and it's a you know it's a decent decent yeah. size of shower cubicle um but the the fascinating thing um for me was that um these guys had basically um that their attitude was I've got to get back to something that is totally utterly solid to be able to uh to continue rather than actually leaving it as a, yeah. a, a kind of a 50-50 that I was happy to do on this occasion yeah. my own house, that mentality that we've been beating into them <laughs> for the last 10 years which is it has to be right yeah. you either do it right or not even though it wasn't something that was core skill for them um, they they just kept going because they wanted it absolutely right so at the same time, the pitching team were working on replacement tiles. Cause there's no way you can get 70 tiles off without cracking something. Yeah. But the fascinating thing, which is the, um, the discussion you and I have had about floor tiles in the past, yeah. was I thought, because my property is constructed with um, uh, prefabricated um, uh, concrete panels, uh-huh. I thought there was a joint behind that was causing the, the problem there. Wasn't at all. It was that went on the original application. Oh. There was massive air pockets. Oh, they left something in. They just, just didn't do just it right. Air pockets, which oh. over time it just knocked it all off, and it was just rubbish how they how it had been done. Wow. So as it turns out, once it all got cleaned up, it was all ready to go. And um them. So yeah, they got they got them um, the the final jobs immaculate. I'm really mm. really happy with it. But again, you then think about the economics of it, yeah. and to be able to do that job. We would have been charged so for one wall of a bathroom would have been three and a half to four thousand dirhams if we were doing that commercially yeah. and the reality is we're not good value at that yeah so why would you offer that service when you know that you're not good value at something yeah. and yeah, again sure. in Dubai that happens all the time
0: it tries me up the wall I've seen some you know speaking of tiles I saw some floor tiles the other day at, a, at someone's villa and I noticed some cracking on the wall and the tiles were lifting on the floor and I yep. thought hmm
1: yeah it
0: was interesting because the cracks were really lining up with the floor so there's been some shifting or something that's that would be really unusual um, hmm. because uh, again
1: we were just um, talking before about um, most of the floors here in Dubai are yeah. slabs um, and then the walls ah. are in effect normally created separate from okay. that but if you have got that that so the the, the link up in effect but, or maybe it's
0: just maybe it just looked like it was like possible yeah. yeah
1: but um, again the if a property settles which is kind of normal you get some elements of settlement it can cause that but again these days just being able to look at the, the shape of the cracks and the way they go I can normally work out whether it's just settlement or or houston yeah. we've got a problem run <laughs> you know but i've only had i think in the 10 years i only had probably three or four of those right no this one's a really serious time I, for um, it i
0: see a lot of uh cracking where did i see some cracking get it on on the walls at a, a villa and it looked to me like it's one of those places where they had to chip out to put some of the air con or something in and over the years now it started to crack at that spot where they've yeah. Put the concrete standard. in. Standard. Yeah.
1: It's so irritating because a lot of <laughs> it is that's the standard bodge, um, yeah. standard Dubai bodge in that situation. So uh, whether or not it was a drain pipe that was going in, whatever reason, I can't even figure out why, why
0: they can't just figure that out when they're putting it in. Why are they retrofitting like that? And Chipping oh, away. It happens, it happens. Sometimes, you know, if you, uh, especially
1: if it's not one from the main developers, um, mm-hmm. you you realize after the event that you've underspected an AC and therefore the easiest way of sorting that is with the wall mounted independent yeah. unit.
0: It's It's the guy with the hammer. Yeah and I just yeah. think oh that's the worst job in the world as he's chipping away at a Hollywood brick
1: yes <laughs> um, but again you know we, um, on the odd occasion that we've done that kind of job um, we, we we go in with really big hammer action yeah. drills to, to to get through it as quickly as we possibly can again to try and be economic on the job but the cracking on the wall in that situation is down to the fact that they've used a basic plaster of Paris mix rather than right. bothering with grey cement um, yeah. you know white cement and then they've done it easy they've just done it no it's not easy it's just silly, S- silly. it's not even a cost you know the difference in cost is under 10 dirhams. it's so then, why would they do minimal. it? Because it's the simple way. Only one thing they have to buy rather than three. And mm. they don't have to wait for the drying process in between, between oh, the gray cement, white cement, and um, But that's the other the mistake people Paris. make.
0: Yeah. When they, even when they just put the plaster of Paris on, they don't let it dry.
1: Yep. And then they paint it. And at that yeah. point, um, everything. The is surface is dry, off. but it's not dry underneath.
0: Oh. <laughs> basics,
1: <laughs> basics, basics. But it's, it's regular that those kind of problems happen.
0: No, man. Yeah. And that's the stuff that you probably get called in to fix. Yeah. and um, I mean, uh, how often do you guys end up getting called in to fix something else that someone's, you know, botched up? M- most of the
1: time it's on the technical side. So okay. um, AC is probably 30% of the work we do is somebody else's bodge that we're dealing 30%. with. 30%? That's yeah. huge. Yeah, it is. Um, but there's some, some really simple scenarios like the, the big cost items, um, which is where uh, people... Understandably, really want to save money, so yeah. you need a compressor replacement. Yeah, and um, yeah, that sounds really <laughs> expensive. The quote, and um, you know, uh, there's a 12 month warranty from us, but um, quite often we will get that. Oh, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but you know, for one reason or another, which yeah. we fully understand, n- not doable. And next thing, you know, we're like uh, normally six to eight weeks later, we get a phone call saying, "Okay, so we got the replacement done elsewhere, and um, and it, it's <laughs> not cooling anymore." <laughs> we, we the guys were terrible, so you know we don't want to call them back and or oh, they're not answering our phone call which is the normal one yeah please can you come and just take a look at it and we get there and it's normally one of two different scenarios Um the first one is either it is the wrong spec compressor um so they've just got whatever compressor they have there doesn't really matter about the compatibility with the unit but whatever compressor they have people do is that? What they there. actually do that constantly okay Yeah. yeah, oh, oh, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, he then, says with a smile. Oh, it's just—it's just, it's just <laughs> incredible. Or well, the second one is—it's a second-hand compressor oh. that's gone in, and they didn't even bother to clean the line. So everybody knows that there's gas that flows around. Okay, yeah. but that gas also has a, a an oil lubricant within it as right. well to get, keep everything um, uh, flowing effectively. Um, if you don't clean it out, and it's a bit of a process. and I mean, it's um, uh, it's a nitrogen nitrogen gas, and then another gas that needs to go along with the nitrogen to, to clean everything out properly. If you don't clean it then the compressor is having to work super hard to be able to push mm. everything around and that's often the reason why the previous compressor failed. Mm. So you then go and put a new compressor on, don't bother cleaning your lines and this new compressor is literally going my goodness am i am having going to push so much harder than I thought I needed to and then you get this failure yeah. and at that point you are two dead compressors in
0: and it has to be done all over and they, again. And if they've sold you the compressor to start with even yeah. if they've given it to you at a discount you're still looking at thousands of Durham's. Absolutely and you haven't had a warranty in that situation. No
1: you know uh, so it's it's a really um a really tough one to explain to people and especially you know in the current economic environment sure that's a the standard there's only a certain amount of money that people have for maintenance stuff yeah. and you know landlords are not the most wonderful individuals at times in terms of yeah. looking after their properties properly um and you know to a degree that's almost where our um, essential maintenance business came from which is okay Let's take the majority of that away from a landlord so that a landlord can be confident that it's been serviced properly. We'll provide all the supporting data when there is a hardware failure, but everything apart from hardware failures, we'll take on board ourselves as being the cost that you
0: paid at the start Mm. of the year. Do you get a a lot of landlords who are buying into this and saying, hey, you know what? Let's just, we we want the service. Yes.
1: The, the lovely thing is um, because we called it essential maintenance because after 10 years we knew what people need and we know what people don't need. Mm. So our boys are not going to be spraying down a driveway every yeah, we've, week. We've talked
0: about that. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. That
1: one properly gets me, James. I'm like, <laughs> what, so you're paying somebody to come to your house to spray your water on your driveway yeah. for absolutely no reason. And that Get is the broom. The Get a broom
0: out and be done with it. What a waste. It's just
1: nuts. Yeah. It's utterly nuts. Um, and and so, essential is all about pairing it back. So, what if we gave you quality, but only what you really need, nothing mm. more. If you want more services, then they're there and they're available, and we can provide those for you. But the essential contract, it's one contract. You know, mm. no bronze, silver, gold. It's, there's one contract. So, what's it, what what, what,
0: what is what's what are the essential things that you you tend to be fixing?
1: So, start point is before we start a contract, it gets your whole property gets surveyed. Mm. So that way, you know what problems there are. Okay.
0: And looking at stuff, you must be able you know, you, you look up at the ceiling tiles, you see the water heaters, you go, yeah, Absolutely. Can tell you this is... Well, no, we
1: stick our, well, move, remove the ceiling tiles yeah. and actually look at that water heater and work out whether or not that is the issue or something different. That's the level that we go to. Wow. So basically, before unit comes on to warranty with us, it gets fixed correctly. So mm-hmm. that way, we've already started before the contract with a reliable unit. Um, after that, three services through the year. Standard, which is there. We have a 12-month service warranty for that. So anything apart from a hardware failure, and we will hmm. cover it without a doubt. 24-7, if you have an emergency, which is anything in effect in your property, you've got water
0: pouring out the ceiling, your yeah. electrics go off. So you have teams six here? Cars, you have, you've got a couple of teams who are ready to go 24-7? 24-7,
1: 365. There's mm-hmm. a team that is uh, available and other teams that are on call. So the lovely thing is, now that we're at that kind of scale that we are, um, we've got coverage for absolutely everything. Wow. So imagine that we had the absolute tsunami from hell and um, everything got knocked out on, on, uh, for our customers. We literally have the teams available to, to deal with wow. all of it there and then and within That's 90 pretty cool. minutes. It's, it's lovely now. But we think that that is the way that annual maintenance should be done, which mm. is just yeah. the stuff that you need, yeah. nothing that you don't need. And when you need us, we really will be there. And all of our vehicles are tracked. So therefore, the point that um, from the phone call, our phone calls are tracked as well. So we have an automatic system that from the time the phone call happens to the time the team are there, we measure it to the second so that we know that we're hitting the timescales that we've committed to. And so when the
0: when the customer calls and said, you oh, know, it's it's getting worse. How is your team? You, you can literally look and say they are no two minutes out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got. Well, I mean, our tracking system is uh, now within. I think we're now
0: within thirty
1: centimeters anywhere in the world. That's pretty amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> well, it was actually designed for for uh, South Africa and and um, the transportation of um, of cash for banks. Oh, really? Yeah, it's an incredible story that. So they um, basically, they, they, in South Africa, things are a little bit more lawless, shall we say, um, for these circumstances. Yeah. So uh, the company that's now in the UAE actually created the system which was designed um, for the transportation of money to and from banks um, in Johannesburg. The one problem that they, they ran into was, oh yeah, we, we, can, we can now track the uh, the vehicles, but the vehicle isn't where we know it is. And the reason was it was six foot up in the air inside a container on a lorry in oh the location. No. So they added a new function in, which was, um, so they, they obviously have the topography, and they're able to work out when the vehicles were lifted. So that way they knew that it had been lifted and it was inside the van. So they could tell to the, uh, they have helicopter teams in Johannesburg now, which is just nuts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So when the team's tracking it, they can they can know. Okay, it's now inside that container. You're not going to see it, but trust in what we've got. Wow. It's nuts. That's really it? neat. So for us, we know, uh, for instance, which lane in Alcal Road our teams are driving on. And if it's the fast lane, then all of a sudden an email will come to us going, guess what's happening on Alcal Road? And you'd be amazed how good our drivers are <laughs>
0: It's accountability. I mean, yeah. that's the other that's side. what it's
1: all about. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and and bless them, they've um, they've really embraced it. We have a driver table um, uh, every month, so the best driver gets a prize
0: every month, and they nice. they really do battle for that. I would imagine. Great. I yeah. would imagine. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, as I said when I was here, first thing, it was it was fun. It, it, there was a buzz in the air. It there wasn't. Is, it wasn't that. Oh, i at work today. Oh. Yeah there was a legitimate buzz. It was fun to just be around. It's it's very infectious. Yeah,
1: it is. I agree. It's it's a real team. It's a real positive atmosphere, which um, which we really like. And one of the great things, actually, about... um, uh, about uh, filipinos is that they're they're all about the and the cabayans and the, that team mentality and yeah it's something we love we've, we've always stressed since day one that we're an english filipino partnership yeah. and um
0: and that works a treat for us i loved it this morning i was as i was looking at all the trucks you i, I saw i saw yourself taking a little look at some of the trucks as well yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i spotted a, a little bit of damage on one truck and um, again, so from from that moment, um, it immediately went uh, via WhatsApp to the team. Okay, has this been tracked? Why isn't it repaired yet? And yeah, um, yeah I, I, for me, uh, it's all about the branding, and um, I don't like having a vehicle
0: that isn't immaculate, and one wasn't. So. Well, it, it all it says it says something about, about, about one's work. I completely yeah. agree. How, how are we getting there? I yeah. noticed everything's clean too, and that's what I okay. you know. Not only do you do you leave a place clean, but you you show up, and everything is spotless it should
1: be that's exactly how you need to work you know you, you are a demonstration of your brand and, and what people can expect of you and um again that's something that is is critical to us every morning there are teams washing vans here mm-hmm. and um if i see one that isn't up to scratch like it did this morning then <laughs> about six <laughs> seconds later people are going to hear about it you know?
0: well we, we got through some of the stuff on this list well, it's always the way isn't it but we twenty percent. I, I think i think next time we we gotta go through the uh, the top five calls of the week. I think we gotta oh, put it yes. top five calls. Yes. And I, I I there was there was another question on here that I really wanted to to ask you about that that thing that stands out as that holy crap moment. Uh that you've, you've gotten over repairs or, or Is that lessons. for next week. Yeah, yeah. Oh right. We're okay. Gonna, we're gonna I know exactly which one I've got for that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd wrap it up, but it's been a lot of fun. As it always. Comes, as always. And then. like you said, we got twenty percent of, of the the speaking notes done. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's more fun this <laughs> way though, isn't it? <laughs> No real (laughs) structure. Let's just go for it. But the other side is I always get people now who, because they know that we're doing this again, who are, first of all, they want to know when you're on with Helen on DIY. And then they're saying, well, can I just give you some questions as well? I say, absolutely. Because we podcasted out on Podaholics. And and I'll send it to you as well. So you can uh, fire it up on the We Will Fix It site. Sounds good. uh, I'm I'm looking at the sign right now. If if people want to get in touch with you, 800-FIX, 800-349. And of course, you can go wewillfixit.com.
1: Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, we've got it. Colin, we'll
0: talk again real soon. Sounds yeah. wonderful. Have a Cheers, good one. James. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the We Will Fix It show, a Podaholics podcast with Colin from wewillfixit.com. As always, one of those conversations you just can't stop listening to. You want to drop us a comment, a query, a question, get a hold of us on the socials at Potaholics. That's Podaholics with a K. Or fire us an email. It's really simple podholics with a k at gmail.com share the link and we'll talk to you again really soon so long for now